Good morning and welcome, and we're joined by the mayor of the city of Greensburg, Mayor Joshua Marsh. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, and good morning to WRBI land out there. And of course, uh, this week we had the uh, Greensburg uh, Board of Works and the uh, City Council meeting. And um, also, um, uh, one of the first things on the agenda item uh, is the um, Decatur County YMCA. Uh, they were looking for uh, street closures and so forth for the uh, Tree City Run. And uh, can you tell us uh, what uh, the Board of Works decided there? Sure. So this is a great annual opportunity for those in the Tree City and from all over the region to come participate in a fantastic event put on by the Decatur County YMCA. It's going to be November 20th, uh, starting at 10 a.m. So they came, uh, Deanna Hamer came uh, to talk with us about road closures for that that start at the Y, actually come through downtown and then go out uh, past the high school and around the trails and then comes back through downtown. So she needed some help with some PD, uh, police department enforcement at May or at Lincoln Street and of course at 421 that runs through town. So the Board of Works had some questions for her about the timing and the day and, and then crossing a state highway. So we uh, kind of went through that. The board ended up uh, granting permission for that for the uh, November 20th event, which we're really excited to have, you know, those visitors and, and different folks in Greensburg, Decatur County. One of the questions we did have to her is last year they used some spray paint on the roads to outline the trail or outline the, the racetrack. And so we just asked her to use the chalk style paint this year mm-hmm. so it didn't leave uh, that there all year. There's still some places that you can see the uh, TCR 5K um, arrows. So we just asked her to do that, but she was happy enough to comply with that. And we are wishing her the best of luck. And this is her uh, first year for that. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, um, there was a lady last year that was sort of in charge of it. So now she's got it this year. So she's just learning with us as well. Yeah. And uh, also the um, uh, wastewater superintendent, uh, Jeff Smith, this is his last official meeting. And um, he uh, came up uh, and brought before the uh, Board of Works an engineering proposal for replacing the uh, UV system. And uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I can tell you just about as much as that, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about how it necessarily works, but we do. You know, obviously, our wastewater plant is a very large, complicated piece of equipment. This component, they told us earlier this year, they were going to stop manufacturing parts for. It is a UV light uh, system that we use for about six months out of the year when uh, the weather gets a little bit cooler. I believe is how that works. And so they're not going to make parts for it uh, starting the spring of next year. So we need to be sure that we're in a position to continue to maintain operations. And what we've done is we've contracted with Strand, who does a lot of our engineering work for the wastewater plant to help us facilitate the engineering of a new system to replace this. This one was put in in 2000. The last major upgrade was 2008. And uh, we expect that to probably cost somewhere around a million dollars to replace next year. It is in the current wastewater rate study um, that is actually or was on the council agenda on Monday as well. But this is something that we need, um, and it needs to be engineered before we can install it. So it may involve some concrete work and et cetera, something not very interesting. And, of course, nobody will ever see it, but just a part of doing business. Well, you did shed a little more light on it than you, you thought you would, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those things. I, yeah. I don't know a whole lot what it does, sure. but that's how we arrived um, at where we were tonight. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you gave this the Reader's Digest version, so to speak. So, yeah, well, nicely done. And, um, of course, uh, we're uh, in the, uh, um, met in the uh, new, uh, newly refurbished uh, City Hall. And uh, with that, uh, there's still a few uh, hiccups along the way and that includes uh, some outside um, electrical work. And uh, there's a contract approved for that. 
Yeah, so this was something, you know, when we met on Monday, it was our first Board of Works meeting in the building. And then, when, of course, later that night, we had City Council meeting in their first one um, back in the building. So we're incredibly happy about that. But we did have just a small um, additional electrical need that the electricians who have been the electricians on this project, so they're already really familiar with the building, they're going to come in and do a little bit of work for us, around $5,500 worth of electrical, uh, I'll put them in air quotes, upgrades, um, not really in the sense of, like, we're already tearing out something we just put in, but just adding some things that we kind of missed or didn't see. So that um, hopefully will get done before our next meeting um, in November. And, of course, we mentioned the wastewater superintendent, uh, Jeff Smith, uh, his last uh, meeting, and then uh, understand his replacement has been hired. Yeah, so we're very excited to have Zeke Smith, no relation to Jeff Smith, um, as a part of our team. He actually started, his first day was on Monday, and he's going to work under Jeff um, for the next month. Jeff's last day with us is, I think, October 29th, and he's going to work with Jeff on understanding the ropes and getting everything uh, down pat as much as you can in 30 days when you are running a very, very important component of city government, and we're really excited to have him join our team. He has uh, several decades of wastewater experience in the private sector and actually uh, just lives north of town, so he's a Decatur County um, guy as well and had spent years years working in the private sector in this uh, field. So we're incredibly excited to have him, his skill set, and uh, his leadership as part of our team going forward. And uh, there's a, a question brought up by uh, Board of Works member uh, Dr. Uh, Rodney King uh, regarding some work that uh, Duke and Frontier are doing around Veterans Way. And uh, can you uh, shed a little light on that? Sure. So if we recall um, the Redevelopment Commission meeting maybe like a month ago, we had some issues that we had run into during our construction phase with uh, Duke Energy and Frontier Communications on the last little segment of Veterans Way. There was a discussion that ensued about how do we get them to be more responsive, if you will. And they tended to be more responsive. Ron, the city engineer, and I actually met with our representative from Duke um, to go through the process, get a better understanding of why we are where we are. And so uh, Dr. King's comment tonight or question to Ron at the meeting was more about where are we on that and are they still holding us up and what's our recourse if they are? And a lot of the answer to that question is hopefully, um, you know, they'll be done yet this week. They did make some progress last Friday. They made some progress on Monday um, before our meeting. And then, you know, I'm hopeful that yet by the end of this week, they will be done and out of the way. So, you know, to say that we're going to ask Duke to come and appear before the Board of Works, uh, as maybe was implied, is a little aggressive because I do think that they've been good partners of ours. They're great community partners, and they've been good partners on our Veterans Way project. It's just one of those things that kind of got tied up. Sometimes a little bit in bureaucracy, permits, last-minute engineering and design. It's not like you can just run an extension cord over to the new section of electricity. You know, they're having to engineer how they provide service to their customers. So we get that. But obviously, we have a date at the end of the, the month that we would like to meet to get the road open. Um, you know, people have been waiting on this road for years. Um, it literally started in 2006 or seven, I think. So we're a long ways from the starting gate and we're right at the finish line and we're just really excited to get it done and wrapped up. And again, as a refresher, uh, Veterans Way, uh, what exactly is uh, happening there? You mentioned uh, getting that uh, road open, but uh, uh, what exactly is happening there? Sure. So it's a new 
beautifully constructed from Lincoln Street and Highway 3. Um, people may be more familiar with the landmarks where the Burger King and Don Meyer Ford is. Um, it will go kind of north and west out behind the buildings there and run all the way over um, to where Big Sky Steakhouse is. So that's uh, on phase one. Phase two only goes about a third of that way. But what it's going to allow us to do is really connect 421 north over to Highway 3 north um, and give us a whole new economic development corridor for our businesses and retail and service industries uh, to grow on. We're hopeful that it'll turn into our next Lincoln Street with those dense, um, compacted service and businesses. And then uh, finally, the, uh, the Ready Grant update. Uh, of course, uh, last week was the deadline, and uh, where are things standing now? Yeah, so we give this update both uh, to Board of Works and City Council, but it's a really great opportunity we had to work with the City of Batesville, Decatur County, Shelby County, Shelbyville, Rushville, and Rush County um, to submit our application to the Indiana Department. Indiana Economic Development Corporation, and we did that on the 30th. It was uh, due, maybe we did it on the 29th. We might have been overachievers, <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things where we're really excited about, you know, working on projects that really have an impact on our region, and it just gave us a really good opportunity to work together. So I couldn't be more proud of the partnerships that we've established, and I'm really looking forward to what's next on it. And, of course, uh, also uh, you're going to mention that the, you mentioned it through uh, city council and uh, some other things that are uh, that uh, council was looking at was the um, uh, city of Greensburg 2022 budget. Yeah, so we did. We went ahead and uh, approved that on uh, Monday night as well to get everything moving. We've got to have that submitted um, within the next few days now. And then we have to have salary ordinances and everything submitted on November 1st. So we're really excited, you know, to get the budget approved. We've got great opportunities for some larger scale projects in there while continuing to maintain that high level of service. We are adding a police officer to the police force, so we're uh, glad to have that. We've added a position to the street department uh, to better assist in those services. And then there are some other um, components we're working on adding and building up a GIS uh, division, which is really data and, and geospatial uh, information. So that's going to be helpful. And then, of course, a big component of this, too, is we're working to build out a county-city jointly funded IT department. And those are all part of our budget for 2022 and, and hopefully going forward is part of our growth and expansion as a community to better serve residents. And also the uh, another ordinance, uh, Greensburg uh, School Corporation 2022 budget. Yeah, so a lot of folks don't know, but the school's budget is actually fun, or is actually approved through city council as well because it is uh, property tax backed in some capacities. So that comes through. Uh, most of the time, the school board and the superintendent present that to the city council, and, and then that is approved as uh, they see fit. So it's really more of a procedural thing, but is a unique part of government. And uh, your comments on the uh, your, your uh, time during a council meeting, uh, the uh, utility salary and uh, so forth, the elected officials, does that kind of uh, uh, go back to the uh, uh, 2022 city budget? Yeah, exactly. So what we look at on that for utility salaries, utilities aren't funded through general fund dollars um, because it's a user Im rate impact uh, service fee, right? So you pay water bills. So they approve the salaries um, for those employees over there in the utilities, but they don't actually approve their budget, which is kind of an odd uh, component to that. But yeah, so that and then uh, as city employees, we approve the budget and then we figure out how much to pay each person for their uh, job out of that. Uh, typically, it includes the raise, but it kind of work backwards, right? We know what our total payroll is. We work on a raise. We include that in the budget and then we pass an ordinance separately that lists out what each position is paid, not each individual. And then elected officials are set. Uh, it's the clerk, treasurer, and my 
myself and uh, the city council and those are actually funded through general fund dollars so while they're elected they're in the budget and um then we're we're listed separately just because again it's one of those unique positions that doesn't really fall anywhere else we'll continue our conversation with greensburg mayor joshua marsh right after this don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And we continue our conversation with Mayor Joshua Marsh of the city of Greensburg. And uh, Mr. Mayor, he had a, a couple of uh, rate studies that were presented at uh, Monday night's uh, council meeting. And uh, what can you tell us about those? Sure. So we talked a lot about uh, the water rate study. We'll do that one first. We've talked about both water and wastewater. Um, 2018 through 21 was the last time we had a rate study and a rate increase. So we're projecting a 12.5% raise in rates over the next three years. So that comes out to about 4% per year. Um, It's one of those items where, you know, of course, everything continues to get a little bit more expensive, but at the same point in time, you know, we continue to have other encumbering factors that result in just higher rates and everything's going up and we're no different than that. On the sewer side of things, this um, also includes all of our operational um, and maintenance components as well. The last time we had a rate study done, I believe early 2016, maybe late 2015, and then the last impact that we saw on that was early 2019. So we're a few years behind on that. So that rate's running about 23.5% over three years. So again, we're looking at a couple different rate increases as components of you know just increased cost, um, increased labor, increased machinery, and, and operational expenses. So that's all an important piece of this puzzle as we go forward. And these are all in uh, in uh, three-year uh, increments are kind of divided up, the phased in, you might say. Yeah, so we don't want to hit somebody with a 12%, you know, this year. So it's 4%, 4%, 4%. It's even out over the next three years. And that just gives everybody a little more breathing room. And it works well for our long-term capital improvement plans as well. This is something we've done historical. And by being really proactive, like we have been in the past and like we are right now, we're actually getting a better quality product and a more affordable rate because we're not going to someone and saying we need a 30 or 50 percent raise this year because we're behind in funds. We're just maintaining those funds and making sure that our systems can stay up to date and handle any type of growth we may have. And uh, finally, uh, a very important one coming up at the end of the month, trick-or-treat hours are set. Yeah, so there was actually a pretty good conversation at the meeting on Monday about these two. So uh, obviously Halloween is on Sunday this year, so we're going to go ahead and set our hours for Saturday the 30th from 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, there was a council member who was really interested in making sure folks could show off uh, some of their outdoor decorations. So we're going to go a little bit later than some other communities, but I think it'll be a really great opportunity to get out, get some uh, candy for the kids and different components. There's also a really big event annually, Trunk or Treat, that's in town. I believe that's going to happen from 5 to 7 p.m. So we're just kind of overlapping with that a little bit on Saturday, um, September 30th. And that way kids get double the candy. That's right. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for them to double up. <laughs> One costume, two bags of candy. There you go. And, uh, and they'll keep the dentist happy as well, I'm sure. I imagine they all will. We appreciate all the good work that dentists do <laughs> in the uh, fourth quarter of the year. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Mayor, appreciate your time uh, this morning. Thank you, everyone. Have a fantastic rest of the week. All right. And once again, our thanks to the mayor of the city of Greensburg, Joshua Marsh, for joining us this morning. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.